the starting lineup for your Gangsters, what's up guys? Are you a slacker? Envy. I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. God bless the internet. Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague, here with my co-hosts, Evan Fagundis. Hello. And JT Chipman. Uh, what's going on? And this week we are talking about sex. We are talking about murder. But most likely we're talking about how hot Michael Douglas was in the 80s and 90s. Or was he? Yes, that's right. We're doing Basic Instinct versus Fatal Attraction on the pod today. Another versus. We're excited for these two movies to duke it out. But before we get into that, Chip, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Excited to talk about some wholesome, family-friendly content uh, here on the podcast. You know, just really cleanse my soul of some things. You know, we, we might have to confess some things on this podcast. I, I, I really don't know. These are both coming to Disney Plus soon. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a new thing they're trying, new angle. What about you, Evan? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well, um, and you know we were just talking about the Warriors championship parade, and I have to say this specific episode is my closeout game on the road. This is this is my game six, leaving it all out there on the court. Um, I'm excited to see you guys out there with me, um, but I-, I could not be more excited for this. So are you, are I'm you ready game to make six people Clay then? Are you game six Clay? Are we just feeding you the rock? Uh, I'm getting up as many shots as I can. That's all I'll say. Whether you whether you guys want to pass it to me or not, the shot the ball is going up. <laughs> no pun intended. How are you, Jed? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I'll tell you what. I think I didn't realize or remember how sexless all movies are now uh, until rewatching uh, some of these some of these uh, erotic thrillers and remembering that America just they you know they used to care about sex. Um, now, now we care about uh, saltine crackers. Um, but yeah, I know I'm great. I had a, I had a saltine crackers as in plain. That was a bad joke. We'll just, we'll call it what it was. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had a good time though. I, it was uh, such a departure. It, this was the first set of movies that we've watched for the podcast where I've been like really conscious about making sure my daughter wasn't like in the room while I, while I was <laughs> You know, there were times I had to pause, uh, you know, she woke up from a nap in the middle of one of them. And I was like, oh, I got to pick this up later. It's just partially to the point she's getting old enough where she realizes what she's watching now and paying attention. And also, I just, you know, you feel like a bad parent watching these these uh, types of movies when uh, when they're around. But let's talk about why we chose these two movies. Is there any is there like I mean, there's no question why we're pitting these two against each other. But I think we need to go to our boy Evan to really understand why we decided to tackle the genre of erotic thriller in the first place. Um, that's a great question. So this is something I feel like I've talked to you guys a lot about because I, I, I definitely went on a kick um, uh, within this genre during quarantine, kind of at the height of staying inside and, and just watching a movie or two a day. Um, and I'd say the first, the first thing that comes to mind with these movies is it's, just thrilling and and sometimes the thrills come from um you know feeling like scandalized to an extent um but just like they're you know they're called thrillers they're called mysteries and and they really are you know they borrow a lot from that you know noir genre that we are talking about um with maltese falcon um as far as creating you know suspense but then they also just add in the most adult things possible whether it's um 
you know, drug, sex, uh, you know, violence, whatever, you name it, it is in these movies. Um, and there's something about it that's just like incredibly watchable, even when it's very uncomfortable. Did you, so we talked about Deep Water, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've been on a kick ever since Deep Water to get us to watch more. So do you feel accomplished? Do you feel like you've uh, succeeded in your in your quest here? I, I do. I do. I feel very good about Deep Water kind of, um, you know, you know, pushing us into the pool that is uh, um, erotic thrillers. And, you know, that's Adrian Lyne. And I'd say that's a perfect man to to kind of introduce us as far as the pod goes into uh, this specific type of movie, because he's one of the few that's still trying to do it. Yeah, I think that's it's amazing, though, even still thinking about how much more neutered. Uh, again, no pun intended. Uh, deep water is compared to these movies. Yes. You know, as far as the sex goes. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about this era because it kind of is mind blowing to me. How did this come about? I, can we we obviously, you know, weren't around in the 80s um, and early 90s. We weren't, you know, like alive in <laughs> to, to even see what the culture was like. But I was trying to imagine what America birthed this genre of movie that was incredibly popular, right? Chip, do you have any any theories on how how this genre of movie came to be? I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I wish I could break down like how the politics of the the baby boomers and then the the sixties and then how the generation of free level list. I don't really know. All I know is that Fatal Attraction was released in nineteen eighty seven and made $320 million at the box office, which is the most any movie made that year. And it was nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture. That's insane. If a movie like that comes out today, it's getting, it's, it's, it's not making any money at the box office and it's getting like picketed and it's going to get picked and it's going to get like decried from everyone from your conservative grandparents to fucking zoomers on TikTok who are like, this is problematic and reasons X, Y, and Z. And, it's just annoying because it was just a different time, right? Are we more aware of some things now? Yeah, and it's probably good to be aware, but it's also good to have movies like this, movies that can incite controversy and conversation and that aren't sterile. I mean, fucking Top Gun Maverick, right? We all love this movie. It is so sexless, especially with the romance between Maverick and Penny, right? A lot of good homoeroticism going on there, which we love and endorse. But he literally hops into her bed and then it's just like a hard cut. And it's like, this is not take my breath away territory anymore. We are past this now. And we're kind of reverting back to it's almost like it's almost like it crested here kind of in the late 80s, early 90s. And we're regressing back to like the clean cut of the 50s. And I don't I don't really know why that is. I don't have an explanation, but I'm glad that we're, we're going back to this crest and uh, I'm glad that we can still enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's. In a weird way, I think it all kind of has to stem with that similar kind of uh, – uh, it all comes back to Marty Scorsese, right? No, but mm-hmm. you know that thing that people say about Marty Scorsese movies about how he shouldn't be glorifying you know, these gangsters and these bad people. And I think there is this element of it's hard for people to watch bad characters doing bad things on screen without just – like taking it at face value for what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think either of these movies are putting forth that you should murder and cheat and that these kind of like depraved individuals are good people, but God damn, is it entertaining? 
Mm-hmm. You know, why, why are true crime murder mystery shows so popular, right? For like this very specific reason. I don't, this to me, I feel like has more with the morals of, of like, you know, Hollywood uh, doing what it thinks it should do, right? As far as putting forth good, honest content and versus like what the people want, right? I mean, you look at, uh, you know, things like even like Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Which aren't great movies compared to this, but just even that content, right? That was such a popular series. And obviously the books were incredibly popular as well, but but people want this kind of stuff, right? They they want to get out of the mundane of their own, you know, their own lives in, you know, suburban Omaha. And they want to feel what it's like to to get choked during sex. You know, they want to know what is that like? What is it like knowing that I might get stabbed through in the face with an ice pick at any moment? Um, you know, as I climax. So I I don't know. I think there is a lot of uh censorship when we just really need to understand that you know sometimes depravity is is good to to ground us and remind us that we aren't like these sick individuals i agree and i don't i don't want to cut evan off of his territory here but it first of all i love that you have omaha on the mind with the college world series that's fantastic um but it's interesting that like with things like 50 shades of gray or even like uh, which a magic mike i think is a better example i think magic mike is it's obviously more lighthearted but it almost feels like those are less character driven and they're more focused on like the smut of it all. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're more focused on the the taboo. And like the taboo is obviously very important and central to these movies, but the characters are also so important and they are driven and they've got motivations and they've got like in like like interests that intersect and, and actually captivate you beyond just the controversy and beyond just the explicit imagery on your screen. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I feel like is is very attractive about these movies in a way is that quite often they're not very moral. And what I mean by that is not like obviously people do immoral things all the time on the screen, but these movies aren't necessarily trying to tell you like this is good, this is bad. And and that definitely leads them down some problematic paths for sure, as I'm sure we're going to talk about in this episode. However, uh, that there is something that's like very alluring about that I could see as far as like a bunch of people wanting to go see this movie and then go, you know, even just complain about it in the office about how depraved it is and and how it shouldn't have been made. But it makes you want to engage. Um, and uh, and I, I think it's funny that we're doing this after Tarantino because we talked a lot mm. about him taking this kind of low art and creating high art out of it. And I'm not even saying these are high art, though, like you said, Fatal Attraction did quite well, um, both monet And I, we should mention, Basic Instinct actually ended up making a little bit more, adjusted to inflation. It, it wasn't quite as much, but yeah. insane amounts of money as well. Didn't quite have like the Oscar prestige. Um, but what was that, Jed? Oh, I was just yeah. gonna say, I like, you know, not calling these high art, I think is is like maybe in retrospect, but like, these movies had the shit directed out of them. Like there, mm. there, there was like, it's not like this was just, you know, a ham fisted attempt to throw together. Like Chip was saying, focusing on the, some smut and, you know, these are like real character driven dramas where real choices are being made by the directors of these movies and their fingerprints are all over every part of this. And I, I think that's why they, they stand the test of time now, right. As not just, whereas I don't know if, I'm not going to maybe, I don't want to, you know, talk bad on Magic Mike because, you know, my boy Soderbergh, I can't, I can't, 
say a bad word about him, but you know, like like the Fifty Shades movies, right? Those things won't stand the test of time, right? They were just going to be like, oh, remember when everyone was rushing out to see those terrible movies? Whereas these movies are, I think, phenomenal films first, and the subject matter is only what helps push the story along. If that makes sense. Sorry, kind of. Cut you off. No, you're right, but it's like Tarantino, like he's drawing on, um, you know, like anime animated movies and and like these kung fu action movies and stuff and creating these kind of tales of morality basically you know set in like urban landscapes um similar to these movies like you were kind of talking about why were they popular these are kind of drawing on like pornography and romance novels and like chip was saying just smut and and injecting it into these um you know detective stories that you would have seen in those noirs and then you add in, you know, eight sex scenes and and basically everyone is motivated purely by sex. Um, and there's definitely something to be said about that and, and the thinking of these directors, as you were mentioning. Um, but yes, they come across as great movies, but the stuff that it's drawing on and kind of playing to is like very much not considered, you know, any sort of high art. Some people wouldn't even consider some of it art at all. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm good. Good call on the noir stuff. I mean, Basic Instinct is you know clearly a neo noir, but even Fatal Attraction I think has some elements of like the leading man. I think Douglas is really drawing on some old noir tropes and yeah. uh, temptations as well, mm-hmm. and like horror tropes as well. Again, yes, another like, yeah, yeah, and I mean obviously most obvious in both you know the femme fatale. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys want to get into the into the game, into the versus game? Yeah, let's yes. do it. All right, so as always, uh, in the Versus, we are going to be judging based on a few different categories. Story, sound, cinematography, and acting, all worth five points apiece from each of us. Overall feel, all worth ten points apiece from each of us. Wow. And uh, then Legacy, which is ten points total, giving each movie a total score of 100 points uh, possible. Right now, uh, I think the the highest ever was our last versus. Um, what was that again? Who, which one won that? It was really. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> we cut this. We'll cut. This. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Look, I, I I know that it was super high, and I know that I think I caught some flack for something on that one. I'm pretty sure. Oh, dazed and confused. Okay, okay. Because Chip took away the only only two points, right? Wasn't it 98 out of 100? Yeah, exactly. All right. My bad. <laughs> As of now, Days and Confused is the highest ever scoring film in this uh, format at 98 points out of 100. We'll see if either of these movies uh, can beat that. But I'm excited to dive in. Uh, let's hop into story. How category. do we feel? Do Hold on. Before we hop in, do we think it, it, either of these movies is going to top 98 out of 100 for Days and Confused? No. No, I, yeah, I would, sorry. I would, I would be. Sure. I don't think I, so either. Yeah, I think I'm taking away more enough points to get neither. I mean, all you got to take away is three total. So yeah, I know. it is actually kind of absurd how how high Days of Confused went. Evan and I both sure. gave Days of Confused perfect score. <laughs> <laughs> Chip was, was just who like was the fucker that messed with that one. Yeah. Oh man. Chip was just Chip was was on with me, like trying his best to manipulate so that everybody wants them could have a fighting chance. But they, <laughs> I do what I can. They love you. All right, let's kick off with story. Evan, let me hear you. Yeah. Story. All right. Um, Fatal Attraction. I'll start with 19, 1987, Adrian Line direct. This is a five. This story is incredible. Uh, all of the character building. 
is done um, so quickly. I, I mean, the way they introduce you to characters, the first time that, that Michael Douglas and Ann Archer are getting ready for uh, you know, the party, the way that he shows up and has the first interaction with Glenn Close. Um, everything about this movie is so tight. Like, they, this movie is an hour and 58 minutes long. It feels like it's, I swear, it feels like it's 35 minutes. It just absolutely flies by. Um, and the way that they edit it together, you know, mixing in just enough scenes of you seeing Alex kind of going over the top, but but holding back enough that you don't know enough about her to, like, judge her until, you know, we open up the pot when, when we walk back in the house and, and that type of stuff is just done so well. Um, I actually, I know there's like a lot of controversy or controversy around the conclusion as far as the way it plays out, it plays really well. Um, and, and I know it's a bit contrived, but I do fall for, you know, the, the kettle whistling and all that stuff. And I know that stuff is directly in the script. So really, really great story there. Um, now basic instinct is going to be a three for me and, and I'm going to explain why. Um, this movie is incredibly dumb. The The plot of this movie is so beyond ridiculous and stupid that if you just looked at it on a piece of paper, it, it would seem like a travesty. But it's directed so well, it's acted so well, it, it's amazing. Like, this this movie is awesome. Um, and I do love the character building. This movie clearly, clearly only cared about characters talking to each other and, and their interactions, um, at least way more than it did the actual detective story involved. So that's all I'll say there. I'll come back to that. So five and three. Chip, what about you? I'm also going five for Fatal Attraction. So I hear what you're saying, Evan, about it flying by. I think it like crawls by with tension in the best way. Mm. I feel like I am white knuck from like the very beginning because it is such a slow build. And mm-hmm. you know that like shit's going to keep popping off even more and more and more. And you, I mean, this was, this, so this is my first time watching both movies just for the record. Oh, well. let's go. Very cool. So, I mean, I had a feeling that shit was going to like really go south, but it took so long to get there. But I, it did, I didn't care. I was so hooked the entire time. And full of full of dread, honestly, for what uh, might end up coming of these characters. Um, I like I, one like small note about the movie. It doesn't get bogged down in any weird B or C plots. I think a lesser movie has to deal with Michael Douglas like handling a court case still, mm-hmm. or like handling some work situation. And it you know it dances around that. Obviously, he has like a lunch with his boss, and uh, you know Glenn Close is coming to his office and all that stuff. But it doesn't get you know bogged down. It doesn't doesn't fall into the the trap of that. So that's a huge thing. All the foreshadowing, I think, because the tea kettle is like foreshadowed a lot earlier in the film. Yeah, there's so many shots of like faucets and shit that just build up. So that gets into cinematography, I guess. But I I think it's a perfectly fantastic vibe. Um, and I'll go four for Basic Instinct. It is corny. It is dumb. Um, but I almost feel like because it's noir, you give it a little bit more of a pass for that because mm-hmm. like all noirs boil down to like some sort of hokey, ridiculous plot, double crossing, bad intentions, bad characters. So you 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 kind of roll with it. Um, it, it. It's really entertaining too. So I'll yes. give it a four. Um, I, I like to just to, the con- to, to to contrast these movies. Right, Fatal Attraction is a movie that's building up to death slowly and slowly and slowly, working its and you have a feeling it's going to end in some kind of death. Whereas uh, Basic Instinct just starts with death. It just opens with death, and then um, ironically it. it kind of ends with death but it kind of doesn't you know depending on how you interpret uh, what that last shot means and where it's going to go from there but it doesn't end in the death actually so nice um so i also starting with fatal attraction i also had a five uh i i agree evan about the ending where 
you just get so bought in, you don't care that it's, you know, that it's somewhat contrived. I think the thing, I'm trying to think of another point I want to make other than what you guys said. I, I just, I don't know if we can harp on enough how quickly and how well the characters get introduced. From the start of the movie to them having sex is like 10 minutes. Like to them first having sex. And it doesn't feel like out of nowhere whatsoever right you understand who these characters are you understand um their motivations pretty quickly uh and i think that's just remarkable because it's not something you see executed in modern more modern movies at all um uh, and the basic instinct i'm gonna go with four as well i think three is a little harsh evan um i i get it you know maybe the plot has some weird machinations but at the end of the day like who doesn't love a great detective story and a detective story with what I think is a incredibly interestingly written um, main uh, antagonist and the way that we get to explore her psychology. And I think, I think script is in story a little bit. And I think the, while the overall plot may be a little weird and messy, I think the minutia of the conversations and some of the character motivations and the way that they uh, maneuver some of the the plot uh, points is pretty well done. And so I'm going to go with a four. What happens to conclude Basic Instinct? What do you mean? Are you like, are, I can't what is you the, asking facetiously? What or? is the final third? I, I mean, it, I am obviously being relatively sarcastic, but legitimately, what happens yeah. in the final so, third of this movie? So, Starting from when the cop in what the east bay or something is hosing off the car yeah so coming like essentially we are discovering i I, at that point right it's i think it's it's trying to throw us a red herring that it is in fact the the police therapist who could be behind all of this and i think we as the audience are supposed to be looking at added through the lens of Michael Douglas's character of kind of the emotional toil that these two women that he's been involved with are kind of at the center of this, this plot that he's just trying to discover. Um, and at the end, I mean, I think here's what, at the end of the day, it all <laughs> comes down to, uh, oh God, I can't even remember her name because I watched it last week, which is so bad. Uh, but sure, I think that what that final shot tells us is that, that the, the writer is, has been behind it the entire mm-hmm. time, right? And everything yeah. <laughs> has happened according to her, you know, uh, Mac, Mac Yeah, Mac. no, that's 1,000% what happens at the very end. I I definitely understand that part. I'm just saying, like, what the fuck are the police doing? Like, they... <laughs> really they, bad police. I work. understand. <laughs> I, I completely understand everything that you described is, like, what the he's movie is sleep, trying he's to do. He's sleeping with her. Like, he's he's caught up. It's a messy investigation. But there's, the like, 35 the cops in the interrogation scene, but no one else is working this case. And, like, they see a couple pictures of Gene Triplehorn, and, and they're just, like... Or a couple press clippings in our apartment, and they're just, like, oh, it's all wrapped up. Like, the coat fitter, and there was a wig, you know, like... That that's it. I don't know, man. I think like he just shoots his unarmed like. I think you know partner. you 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 as much as anybody should know that you know the police will do anything to to get a quick uh, and easy uh, verdict on this. It's state. just really good anti-copaganda. Is what it is. Verhoeven's it, it just super be. based. 
It must be. It just makes no sense from the time that they go to the building to like Gus is in the elevator. That part is just ridiculous. Uh, that part is she's, so ridiculous. She's, like, sinister, sinister, no she's like sinisterly digging her like hand in the pocket for her keys. What are you doing? Like, why would she be grabbing her keys at that moment? And like, I, why is Douglas Douglas just waiting? So yeah. So <laughs> I, I'll, that's all I, no, it's all good. Cause like legitimately I've seen this movie probably six times and I actually don't quite figure out what the cops conclude is the ending. Like before it gets to that final scene, of course, that's amazing with the, with the ice pick under the bed. Yeah, um, I think there's, I think what the cops are saying that they conclude was that given all the evidence that had been kind of building is that, um, triple horns, uh, like been obsessed with this girl, been stalking mm-hmm. this this woman, and so she's like recreating. You know, she recreated the murder from her book to try and uh, frame her. Like it was all. I, I feel like it was all relatively plainly laid out. Like whether no, or not- I totally know that that's laid out, but it just the way they arrive there is ridiculous. Like yeah, they don't just, give any evidence. Is what yeah, I mean. No, I, I just think I that it's like. You. Yeah. I, I think it's total, but I think it's total cop. Like like Chip was saying, it's it's copaganda. You're just like. You're basically like, yeah, these guys are just like, fuck it, like this works for us, like I'm, we're good, we're good. <laughs> you good here? We're good here. That's yeah. really what it is. They had drugs to go do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's move on. To, let's move on to sound. After the yeah. story category, Basic Instinct has a score of 11, and Fatal Attraction is at a perfect 15. Uh, uh, Chip, no, I'll I'll start the sound category. Um, I'm giving Basic Instinct a perfect fucking five because this movie is loud and has some sick music and some amazing, amazing tension building moments, mm-hmm. uh, namely in all the sex scenes where you just think people are going to get murdered. And I fall, you fall for it every time she's about to climax and reaches back. Uh, you think she's going to grab the ice pick. Uh, but I just think the sound design uh, of this movie is, is one of its strongest points. Uh, it worked really well for me. Uh, this one, I, I got to, I will say it might be a little bit skewed by the fact that this is probably the loudest I got to watch a movie in like a long time at home. Uh, wife and, and daughter were away and I just turned it up in my living room on the Sonos sound system, like really loud and just got to immerse myself in it. I wanted uh, to ask how we, how we all watch these movies, if we watch them with our partners or not. Uh, I did not, but I watched it at 11 a.m. <laughs> on, a, on a Sunday. Beautiful. While my wife was at brunch um, with her friends and my daughter. It was it was glorious madness. And then Fatal Attraction, I watched basically in three parts uh, during three separate Charlie being asleep. So over the course of the day, morning nap, afternoon nap, and finished it at night. Um, but Fatal Attraction, uh, I gave a four. I think the sound is good, but there wasn't anything that really stuck out. And this comes down more to me wanting to... I felt like Basic Instinct should be more rewarded. Uh, rewarded, right? Sometimes the score is based off of your opponent, if it's opponent. So for me, Fatal Attraction was a four. Like I thought it was really good, but I just thought Basic Instinct was incredible. Yeah. So, so I, I gave both of them fours as well. Um, there's definitely like a horror influence in both of the scores, which I think is really fun as a person who likes likes those music cues and like those likes those tension building moments. Um, what really stuck out to me, especially from Fatal Attraction, was just the sound design. Whether it's like some of like so so with the opera music that plays, um, Jet, you know this word. What's the word for music that uh, diegetic? Is that what it's called? 
diegetic and non-diegetic music. Beautiful. Yeah. A lot of good diegetic music in Fatal Attraction with the opera stuff. It because it's it, you want to talk about loud when they're at I think they're at Glenn Close's apartment and they're mm-hmm. playing the the opera. It is like it's ridiculous. It's a little bit like comedic how loud it is. It's 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 a little bit off-putting. Um, and then oh, everything. I, the- I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But the one thing about the sound design of this movie, um, Fatal Attraction, I should have said this, has some amazingly over-the-top environmental sounds. Like the water when they're first having sex in the apartment. And like the sound it makes. Go back and watch the sound it makes when she splashes it on her chest. Mm-hmm. It's like, bloop, bloop. It's like the most over-the-top. It's incredible. I uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Chip. That was literally my next point, so it's perfect. Like, just the sound design in general from Fatal Attraction. Um, the the teak, the teapot boiling is corny, mm-hmm. but because it was set up it's earlier awesome. in the movie, I like it. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, it paid off, because I noticed it the first time, and I was like, interesting. I noticed the faucet the first time, and then that comes into play with the faucet in the bath at the end. Like, it all, it, it feels like the sound design... You know, it's it's auteur stuff, right? The sound design plays a role, and it helps play part mm-hmm. in the story. Do you think that uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, um, all <laughs> of the times when he passes out to the sound of the teapot, is like a direct callback to Fatal Attraction? <laughs> I Do really think, don't think so. But I love that, that you think that. Do you think that's possible? I mean, of course it's possible. Who directed should Order I, of the I Phoenix? Was that, was, that, was that a David Yates one? Mm-hmm. I think that was his first one. Maybe mm-hmm. David Yates is just a big old freak. I think he did five, six, and both sevens. That would be great. Um, okay, so fours for both. Did you, anything you want to talk about Basic Instinct? Um, I honestly don't have a lot of notes there. Uh, the, the the car stuff. I do love um, the car chase. Lots of – it's a pretty good car chase. Uh, it's Again, it is mm-hmm. corny, and it is, like, just absurd that this is even happening. Um, and – you know, Michael Douglas is just grunting and yelling inside of his car, which is which is pretty fantastic. But uh, good car noises um, and good like nighttime sound design. All right, Evan. Yeah, I, I'm gonna start with um, Basic Instinct. That is that is uh, seven out of five. That that's this is one of the highest fives I can give. This is one of my favorite scores of the '90s, uh, maybe almost ever. Like. To me, it definitely has some of that horror influence, but it also has very much like the detective, um, like uh, like mystery type score. Like the way it's, um, it almost kind of dances along. It's also incredibly dramatic. Like if you ever just look up the best scenes in in Basic Instinct and and watch the dial or listen to the dialogue, watch the actors. If you really pay attention to the music, it's hilarious how dramatic it is. It's almost like a souped up version of like a soap opera or something at times. Um, love that score. Love the cars. Really love the the ocean too. And that's just really good sound design choice to have her, you know, constantly sitting out um, in front of water. I just really like the sa- that sound in the back of um, movies and and very similar to Fatal Attraction, which I'll give a four. Um, again, really like the horror elements of the score there, and like um, the the sounds really like. Uh, how do I? like at an exclamation point kind of in a way to fatal attraction scenes, whether it's like the faucet in, in the sink sex scene um, or even there's like, just like a rattling um, and, and like the screaming of the boiling water during the rabbit scene. Like that stuff is just really good and, and mm-hmm. ratchets up the tension so quickly. And, and I love the sound of that um, roller coaster also in, in one of those final scenes with the, yeah. uh, with Alex, you know, taking the, um, what's her that name? Scene Paige? Is, that scene is terrifying. Um, Ellen, Ellen, that's her name. It Terrifying. 
And um, yeah, I just love the sound there. Lo- love the car crash too. Um, it's again just so jarring um, in a movie that that can you know um, plot its way along. Um, the way the tape plays, I don't know. Everything in the background of that movie is great, but basic basic instinct, everything right at the foreground is just my favorite. I need to go back and listen. That's that's what I'm getting out of this is clearly I did not pay enough attention to the Basic Instinct score because you're singing it, it's great. It's great. unbelievable. You should just like look it up on Spotify even and just listen to it. Co- it's awesome. Don't do that because you'll just be scared. Like if you're like walking around outside, you'll just be terrified of like what's coming around the corner. Um, it it's just ratchets up the tension so, so high. I love that you yeah. said. Is he going to feel the heat around the corner? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Awesome. Okay, after the sound category, uh, Basic Instinct has pulled closer, 25 points, but Fatal Attraction is still ahead with 27 points. Moving on to the cinematography category. Uh, Chip, kick us off with your scores, my friend. These, It's both fives. I think it, mm. these movies are both absolutely gorgeous. Um, so with Basic Instinct, like from the opening ceiling mirror shot, it's just like, all right, we're in for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking sick. I mean, and, you know, because the mirror is like voyeurism and like how you perceive yourself and how others are looking at you right like it's just so clearly intentional and there's so many other mirrors in the movie and it's just like you know you're you're in the hands of a, of a master right you're in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing and has a has a master plan um so like i said so so many great mirrors obviously the beach stuff is gorgeous yeah like there's there's one scene mm-hmm. where uh, it's before they've had sex for the first time and they're just um standing on the beach looking at each other Right. And it's beautiful. I think it's actually the first time he goes to the beach house. And I think his partner is even there still. Right. And it's it's so serene and beautiful Mm -hmm. in such a like disturbing, worldly, disgusting movie. Right. Um, So I I, I love I love the contrast there. Um, I love that the cameras it's just always keeping things fresh with the interrogation scenes, all that top down shadow rafter stuff that's going on. And then you get to go back to it and it's sweaty and obviously some very a couple of very famous one very famous shot in that interrogation scene which we can probably talk about a little bit more later um but it's it's perfect and then fatal attraction too i think is is really fantastic um i i really love just how they shoot douglas and close Mm -hmm. um, and aren't afraid to again neither of these movies are afraid to get uh, up close and up close and personal with our main characters as they go through their uh their their sexual escapades but it's just it's a really good opening sh- again i'm just the opening shots of the movies are amazing but it's this like weird cityscape infrastructure that they show at the opening shot of fatal attraction i don't know how to mm-hmm. describe it but it looks like your classic skyline but there's like farm there it's it's a little bit different i don't even know where it takes place at because it looks like there's um like on the outskirts of a city where you've also got like random equipment and machinery and stuff uh and it's a it's off-putting but it's beautiful um in the way in the way the rest of the movie is off-putting but beautiful yeah love that um so uh i'll go next for basic instinct i mean it is it's i feel the same way about this as as evan said about the sound it's a seven out of five if i could give it um I'm just, I was just bathing in the shots uh, of this movie. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the setting. I, I don't know, and this could be local bias, but I don't know if there's enough movies set in San Francisco. I think the topography and the like, the variety of the geography like allows for some really interesting uh, shots and locales, right? Like they're going, you know, they're they're driving up to uh, to Stinson, and you have the beautiful 
you know, the beach, the exotic Northern California, kind of rustic beach coast. Um, then you have the cityscape, you go down to Monterey. I, I think there's a lot to love about just the setting of that. But I will talk about it, Chip. I think I know what you're talking about, the famous uh, interrogation shot, which blew me away. This was also the first time I watched both of these movies. And I was just like, and when she just looks into the TV screen, uh, or into the camera through the TV screen, um, right. I'm terrified. I mm-hmm. am turned on. I I feel so many things. Uh, and we'll get to her performance uh, in this in this movie in the next category. But yeah, I just I, I feel like we don't have a directing category because we obviously it's really <laughs> I think it would be really dumb of us to be like like these this was directed better because we don't know um, you know what the direction was given to the actors and things like that. But but I felt the Verhoeven fingerprints mm-hmm. on this. So and I felt like it contributed to how good of a movie it was so much more than Fatal Attraction, which I don't I don't know if that's fair, um, but it I think, Evan, it almost goes back to what you talked about in the story category. It it feels like how good the cinematography, how good the sound, how good the overall direct directing was in or seemed to be in Basic Instinct made up for at times a lackluster story and script. Um, and that's why I just feel like these are the categories where it needs to be rewarded. Uh, mm-hmm. So five for that. And then uh, I did a four for Fatal Attraction for no other reason than, again, I would I wish I could give six points to, to uh, Basic Instinct. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of care. Those opening shots of uh, what's Douglas's wife's name in Fatal Attraction? Uh, and and Archer. Yeah. Man. Uh, yes. I don't know. Ann Archer. Ann Archer. I would not cheat on you. Ann Archer, come come home. Yeah. It's okay. I almost I, yes. I have a, I have this take that I almost feel like the, the their roles should have been switched. Glenn Close and, and Ann Archer. Um I mean I'm sure Glenn Close is a probably a, is a definitely a much better actor than Ann Archer is. But as far as like the appeal of uh, the pull away uh, from a certain uh a, a certain someone, I, I think I would feel the pull towards Ann Archer personally. Um, there you go. More my type. Um, but well, yeah, he, he'd been married to her for nine years. So <laughs> I think he was with you. Yeah, fair. True. Fair. Uh, I wouldn't have cheated on her either. Uh, but the thing is about fatal attraction is, like you said, they're they're not afraid to get up close in the sexual points, but they are also not afraid to get up close with the the emotions running through the characters' faces, and that's what I love. I think the cafe scene, like their first like little rendezvous, I don't even know if you call it a date because I don't know if Michael Douglas realizes it's a date at that point. But the her Glenn Close holding the cigarette and being like, we're both adults. Like, mm-hmm. are you just the question? Are you discreet? And the way his they center on his face and he just goes, I am discreet. Like he gets so serious. Yeah. Uh, incredible. So it really good. Not as good as basic instinct. So five and four. Yeah, very nice. Um, I'll start with Fatal Attraction. Four for me there. Um, shot very well. Uh, Adrian Lyne, it, it is tough because we're comparing him to Paul Verhoeven. Adrian Lyne isn't quite as inventive as Chip, you mentioned, you know, with, with the mirror shot. And Jed, you're talking about that transition from TV screen to um, kind of, you know, in real time. Um, 
Paul Verhoeven is is always going for it, and, and he yeah. is like that true auteur that you were talking about there, Chip. Adrian Lyne is is a bit more of I don't know what you'd call it. like I know some people say journeyman. I feel like that feels like an insult. He makes great movies, but it, his interest is very much in the people and the stories, and he's doing what he can to enhance that. But he's not ever flashy, and, and uh, maybe I shouldn't hold that against him. And I'm not four is a good score but would you call that um, just like a genre director or yeah I don't know may- what... maybe maybe i don't know i guess i just meant like he is making a movie because he likes the story versus like a creation of an entire world and story and care you know like i think he's in a weird way he's kind of like like you know how mangold is right where hmm. it doesn't feel like there's any like signature mangold shots right but he makes he does make really good movies That's, and you kind of yeah you think about yeah. the mangled stories and characters way before you think about the shots yes yeah, right. there's no distinct you know like oh god i love this shot yeah yeah like a visual language or whatever like like i'm not exactly besides sure on the dinner parties that is adrian lines yeah yeah uh, for sure for sure for sure for sure and, and you know there, there's just nothing quite like verhoven with the ice pick or something that's a that's a scene i mean that type of scene is seen in total recall different movies where people's bodies kind of get shredded like that and and um and yeah it, i mean adrian line is amazing i i'm not trying to be smirch him at all um right. it's shot very interestingly actually I, I love the way both of these um guys really really care about shooting people um and and, and you can see that in some of the behind the scenes stories but just the way the movie looks it, it looks with care at all of these characters um the way that that the camera can come in very close as you mentioned chip um i love the way that he uses like the running um uh dolly shot in the it's like the he used like the evil dead shot during the rabbit scene when the kid is running up to the rabbit cage yeah he does mm. like the evil dead like bumpy uh dolly shot that that's so cool um and then basic instinct again massive five i love everything he does with this movie i the the sweeping stuff that he does on the coastline is amazing by verhoven um this man also spent five days shooting um, you know, the fuck of the century sex scene between Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. And, and you can tell it is choreographed so well. And a huge part of that is where the camera is, um, how the camera, you know, creeps back along the bed when she's leaning back, uh, going for the same spot that, that the boss took the ice pick from. Um, all that stuff is really good. And, and I like what you guys mentioned as far as that first conversation and stuff, the way they shoot the characters while getting enough of the scenery in to to kind of have that mixture of emotions where it's like this beautiful setting with this really lurid conversation and and you know uh the, it just takes a lot of care to shoot the dialogue that they're shooting early on in that movie you know and they're mm-hmm. saying like what are you a professional and she's like no i'm an amateur like th- there's just something that has to go really really right with both the cinematography the sound everything to uh to pull a line like that off and and not make it just seem like completely outrageous yeah i i think that the other thing about about the way that their conversations are shot in basic instinct is i don't know if you guys were the same way but i i read like the plot description before watching the movies um because i all i often do this to try to sell rachel and watching the movie with me um, just be like, hey, yeah, this is what it's about. But so in the plot description, it, it obviously spoils that they get romantically involved. Mm-hmm. And so the way everything is shot, knowing that they're going to be romantically involved at some point, just, again, ratchets up the tension. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just like, oh, my God, like when's going to be the when is the breaking point? Mm-hmm. Right. 
because they were at you know early on they're still standoffish. So uh, really great. Uh, let's move on to the next category: acting. After the cinematography category, we are all square at forty points of pop. Hell yeah! I love to see it. Uh, all right, acting category. Uh, Evan, I think yes. it's your turn to kick us off uh, in the acting category. This is the e. This is five and five right off the bat. <laughs> Everybody in these movies is amazing. I, I mean, we can start with Fatal Attraction and Archer as the third person in this movie is incredible, and, and she has kind of that thankless role that that you know too many actresses kind of got um, shoved into in the eighties and nineties. She's the wife. And, and that's really all she is throughout most of this movie. Um, most of the the work that she's doing really is like legitimately just getting ready in front of her mirror and and kind of being um, Dan's, uh, you know, essentially just his date uh, early on to like the first um, uh, gala thing and stuff like that. Um, but she's really good. And and when she needs to come for her big scene on the phone. Um, you know, and she threatens Alex, like it is legit and she is so believable doing it. And then of course, like Glenn Close is incredible in this movie. I know what you're saying, Jed, like at face value, uh, you know, Ann Archer is tough to beat. Um, she's obviously a beautiful woman, but like the energy that Glenn Close has in this movie is so beyond alluring yeah. and just like the emotion that she brings to the role early on even before she she starts to kind of go over the edge um the the passion that she has and um like the the scene in the elevator even that could just be so ham-fisted and and shoved in is just amazing the way she she confronts him like literally physically in the movie the way she moves around is is great and um you know i like kind of like the whisper type thing that she does um, and then Douglas I'll use to carry over into Basic Instinct, obviously another five. Douglas is is probably one of my three favorite actors of all time. I, I just love every Michael Douglas movie. I love Michael Douglas. I think he's incredibly handsome. I think he perfectly pulls off both types in this movie. In the in Fatal Attraction, and and Emily and I disagreed. I think he's kind of like playing a dumb normal guy. And and I'm not saying dumb is as a bad thing. He is an idiot. He is the type of dumb dude, like you said, Jed, that might not realize that that first conversation he's having with Alex or, or the, the drink that he's having is a date. How is he? He is an idiot. She is literally sitting there telling him it's not, you know, anything bad until we do something bad. And he's just like, mm hmm. Yep. You're right. Like if he's not picking up on it at that point, this man is a clown, but he pulls it off so well. And, he, and it makes sense why, you know, he would um he would get himself into this predicament and and just his kind of like shocked acting is is great. And the basic instinct, this dude is a shit bag. He is just the <laughs> worst type of dude. He is prone to and this doesn't make him a shit bag. I'm, I'm not saying that he's prone to addiction. He's somebody who is incredibly impulsive. He has major anger issues um, and he doesn't really seem to have any interest in getting any better, uh, including, you know, pursuing um, uh, Sharon Stone's character, um, Catherine Trammell. And everything that goes along with it. And then Sharon Stone is like, I, I mean, we could go on Sharon Stone for the rest of the pod. Um, but talk about alluring. She is like a magnet in this movie. I completely understand, not just because of the way she looks, but how much she holds back. Um, um, how she can be so available in these scenes, but also seem like she just has this complete separate side that that is going to stay hidden and the way she delivers some of those lines. I mean, the like, have you ever fucked on cocaine, Nick? All that stuff is, 
she owns the room 1000%. That stuff is incredible. We weren't dating. I was fucking him. Oh, like God. that's the, the way she delivers those lines is it's like some of the best I've ever seen. It's Dude. lines like that, deliveries like that, that uh, made me watch both of these movies alone by myself yes. in a dark corner under a blanket. Like it's 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 private <laughs> only. You know? Yeah, with a bottle of of uh, Neutrogena lotion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. There you go. Um yeah, and the the Sharon Stone, like even the physical acting, like when she the way she crossed, like the look on her face when she like cross uncrosses and then recrosses her legs, is unbelievable. But that's it, the like that's like her and Verhoeven were just eaten. It just felt like they were just just vibing. Their yeah, faces off. We should mention as far as the vibing goes. Um, you know, big shout out to Sharon Stone. She is so badass and she's an awesome actress and stuff. She seems like a really cool lady. She very much says that she did not give consent for yep. the the shot that they use in this movie. That definitely should be mentioned. Paul Verhoeven, you know, I, I, I think even he would probably admit he's he's a prick and uh, seems like not, you know, the the most, uh, what would you say, like moral man. He, he definitely, I mean, that's really fucked up if that is the case, which it he seems still, like it is. He still claims that they had a conversation and she knew what was going on. So it's really tough. Right. It, it is it is quite literally a he said, she said, which is I unfortunate. I, and I mean, I, I have no reason not to believe Sharon Stone, though. I mean, I think yeah. that it's, it's pretty tough. It's bad. Yeah. I, I did not realize that. Uh, that makes yeah. me kind of view that. He... He says they had a conversation in which he said her the underwear that she was wearing was giving off some type of glare with the lights because they had so many lights in that scene overhead. And she says that whether or not that's true, I believe she's just said that we said that he never said that this shot would be in the movie. I think it like she's sort of saying it was one of those situations. Maybe she like went along with it, but not for the purpose of, you know, having that specific shot go into the movie um, more like not you know preventing the glare for the rest of the shot i'm not exactly sure the specific i from what i understand that's sort of where where it came from yeah and I'll, I'll, i want to talk more about that later too in terms of like feel and legacy for me personally yeah that definitely plays a role but that's that's tough um but anyway uh but i had both fives as well yeah. evan i'm not going to add anything on top of what you said because you've said everything that i want to say that there i think maybe the michael douglas part of it just I think the range from playing, like you said, from playing a scumbag to like an all-American dad that gets himself caught up in a a shitty situation because he falls victim to temptation. Um, I, I think no matter what he does, though, you feel the Michael Douglas of it. Uh, his facial acting is incredible. Uh, I love. I just love his voice. Yes. I, <laughs> I just love the way he uses his voice. Uh, at some point, we're gonna have to do Wall Street because um, that's. I mean, I think what most would say is like the michael douglas but uh he's he's epic he's epic uh and i think these movies suit his skill set really well uh mm -hmm. yeah he makes uh, great choices yeah chip what about you what were your scores i mean for for michael douglas personally i'm a little more uh, partial to ant-man and the wasp but uh that's that's all right <laughs> okay fives fives for both definitely it's so I would honestly say that Douglas's voice is his most powerful asset, even more than his looks. Um, I think that he definitely has a lot of range. He is, so, I don't know which side you were on with this, Evan, but he is such a goof at the beginning yeah. of Fatal Attraction. He's a yes. total, like, he's literally, like, gulp at the, yep. when he realizes what's going on. He's literally yes. goofy. 
like cream cool. cheese on the nose. He can't get his umbrella open. Like he is a putz. Yeah. Right. Like, which which makes it and it, it makes sense that he can like kind of fall into that trap because he, he doesn't see mm-hmm. the signs. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. read the room early enough to see what's going on. And she is I mean Glenn Close is incredible. I mean you want to talk about range the range that she's showing in that movie, you know when she's like in her nighty with her arms behind her back like <laughs> are you leaving are you leaving and then yeah. basically tries to stab him like she has got a whole lot of range she's very like double entendre coy plying but also villainous but also innocent the best line in that movie is what makes you think i want an abortion yeah and she fucking nails that line so i i mean she's I think she's my favorite performance in maybe either of these movies. And I wasn't even sold on it at first. I wasn't sure like how this would work for her, but uh, it's so memorable. It's, it's a perfect vibe. And then again, definitely same with basic instinct. Sharon stone just tramples and everyone in that movie. I prefer this Douglas performance. I prefer watching him kind of, uh, you know, be again, be a, be a horrible person yeah. and then be a horrible person who loses his mind. I mean, it is, it is really entertaining to watch bad people be bad. And like, I know that the movie came under some fire for like, Having having characters uh, in in the queer community be villainous and be murderers like there was controversy about that it was which you know there was like a bit of a problem at the time with with Hollywood not a bit of a problem it was a problem in Hollywood at the time where you know people of the queer community were labeled as villainous right mm-hmm. but the best thing about this movie is everyone is villainous yeah. everyone straight bisexual gay is so such a bad person and that is entertaining that is what mm-hmm. makes the movie interesting and and still you know rewatchable to this day is everyone sucks ass uh yeah. and it's just a, a stain on society yes it, and the way he delivers li- like the back and forth between douglas and stone in the car when she's like can i have a cigarette mm-hmm. i quit and then she's like oh i found some in my purse or in my pocket do you want a cigarette i told you i quit like the, those line readings by douglas are so good yeah yeah he's just it, he's it's the way he responds to all of the basically her targeting him yeah, uh, you know, like the like even the, the you ever have you ever fucked on cocaine, Nick, in the yeah. room full of policemen interrogating, and everyone's just like, "What the fuck?" Yep. Like, All right, Rocky, talk to yeah. me man to man. Yeah, that line was controversial too because that was yeah. like demeaning and like it, it yeah. obviously is, it is, but he's not up. a good person, so right. of course he's gonna say awful things. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard. I think again, we're in the conversation where. I, unfortunately, we always end up on it's like how much can you retcon based on the mm-hmm. on the time, right? And yeah. how much you just have to let go. And just by appreciating these pieces of art that are flawed doesn't mean that we are uh, of course. Endo- endorsing their flaws. And, yeah. and and I think you know we can talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff. But like as far as the things that the characters do. Like I said, these movies aren't super moral in that they're not going to go out of their way to, like, jail people at the end or something always. Even though in this movie, like, yeah, Michael Douglas says some terrible things, but he's probably about to get ice picked to death, you know, within the next couple of days. So he he definitely has something coming to him. Um, but just because they don't punish everyone on screen, it seems like, like Verhoeven would tell you, yeah, all these people are, like, some of the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, they are actual scum again we're, we're kind of coming back to this with uh with the tarantino talk from last week too but very mm. similar type of situation yeah um cool moving in to our second to last category we are still tied at 55 points a pop um this is very exciting uh overall feel uh evan kick us off yeah with these. um overall feel i 
am going to go nines for both of them. Nines for both of them. Um, I think Fatal Attraction... I think these are both awesome movies, and they definitely have their problems. We, we should mention... I, well, um, they, they definitely both have some issues, probably more so Basic Instinct, but Basic Instinct is just so um, engaging. I, there are so many characters who pop into this movie that I have such a great time with. Um, Wayne Knight pops in... Um, um, Newman Fucking from Seinfeld. Wayne Knight. It is um, so funny that like <laughs> Wayne Knight is in this scene. He is the face that gets flashed to when she crosses and uncrosses her legs, right? Yeah. And then he goes on to do Jurassic Park and yeah. and also be in Seinfeld. And it's like that. This, this is somehow like third on the thing that people recognize him for. Exactly. Yeah. But that him just pouring pouring sweat when it pops back to uh, his face is so good. I, Gus, played by George Zunza. I love Nielsen, too. I mean, he pops in there uh, with mm-hmm. the whole, you know, like, oh, back on the saw, shooter. Like, all that <laughs> stuff is just so out of control. But um, it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, even though it's ridiculous that, that you know, like Gene Triplehorn would even be allowed to be the um, the psychologist that's assigned to Michael Douglas, it's it just makes for such an awesome movie. It, it's so cinematic to have all of these characters so interconnected, uh, no matter how ridiculous it is. Um, and I just have a ton of fun with it. And Fatal Attraction is just like incredibly well made. Like I said, it, it, it's so tight the way that they tell the story. There's almost nothing that you see that doesn't advance your feelings about the, the characters, if not the plot itself. Um, which isn't always the mark of, you know, a, a great movie. I'm not saying every movie has to, but this movie is so efficient with the way it uses scenes to to build out these characters, as I mentioned before. Unbelievable acting. And again, uh, I mean, Michael Douglas is like as good as, good as it gets for me. Um, so I'm not going to say, you know, they're, they're maybe even like one of the 100 best movies of all time or anything like that, but definitely nines because they're right up there um, for me personally. Have we talked about enough about how Triple Horn, like, really occupied Julia Fox Corner before Julia Fox was ever on the, on the, the public consciousness? Like, mm. I was blown away by that. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Do they look the alike? Blueprint. It is. Yeah. Wild. Um, but yeah, just one. If they if if they remake this movie and give her that role, I mean, they, so I think they are. Well, no, it's Fatal Attraction. They're trying to reboot. Yeah, well, they wasn't there a? I think there was a, a TV show, Fatal Attraction. Right? I think they're trying. So I think they're trying to do it as a miniseries, and they cast uh, what's her face from Mean Girls as. Uh, well, maybe it was Basic Instinct. I don't. McAdams. No, 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 no. The uh, one of the support, whoever uh, Lindsay Lohan befriends. Oh, um, God. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can see her face. You we know were just talking. talking. Were, were we just talking about her too? Um. I, I, we've mentioned her on the podcast before. Lizzie uh, Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. Kaplan. We were we were talking we talked about her like months ago on the podcast uh, for for some movie I can't remember. Um, uh, Evan, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll I'll get my scores really quick. Uh, I'm gonna go nine for Basic Instinct and eight for Fatal Attraction. Again, just because I I was just I was honestly a pretty I was uh, I was struck. My basic instinct. Uh, it moved me in ways that it didn't expect. Moved me in ways that, while I don't, I almost could argue that Fatal Attraction is a better movie. I really had such a good time with Basic Instinct, and there was a lot that I felt that I could either pull from, like modern movies, where I was like, oh man, I wonder, 
there was a lot that had my wheels turning. Oh, I wonder if, you know, this director really liked Basic Instinct and like yeah. this decision or, you know, I wonder if this shot was inspired, you know, inspired by it. just it just felt like something I ha- like fresh, which like watching a 30 year old movie that feels fresh. is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the fact that I hadn't seen it before just is an indictment on my my parents. You know, you know, they're afraid. They're afraid. Come on. Come on, parents. Parents of the world. What are we doing? Yeah. Show um, children erotic thrillers. Uh, Chip, uh, what are your scores, my friend? Uh, so I'm going to do a nine for Fatal Attraction, and I'm going to do an eight for Basic Instinct. Um, I I, orig- I came into these thinking that I would like Basic Instinct a little bit more just because I, knew, I, I understood it a little more as a detective thriller. I understood it more as a, as a noir. And I do think that, like, I think that Douglas is better, again, in Basic Instinct. I like watching him lose his mind and i like watching him be the the you know basically just play a, a lecherous uh type i think is really fun um and the story just doesn't quite feel as tight as fatal attraction mm-hmm. to me i think that uh i i honestly think i prefer the glenn close performance to the, like we know what sharon stone can do she's phenomenal right she's so powerful and the, the sexual energy is insane but glenn close is here there and everywhere right I mean, mm-hmm. she's going, she's going three for four, and she's making a couple of web gems. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a diverse, uh, really, really varied and energetic and uh, kind of lasting performance. And it's interesting too. There is an alternate ending um, where she sets herself up. She, she, uh, I believe she commits suicide in the alternate ending, and then frames yes. uh, Michael Douglas's character, which I think is. It'd be interesting to see. You can see how the performance could also maybe be leading to that. Uh, but either way she's just she's just incredible um and then with basic instinct too it's it's tough because it's it is a it's a bit of a tougher hang than fatal attraction i think mm-hmm. right um for a lot of reasons and mm-hmm. you know it's it's not that i want to extend like you know quote unquote problematic cancel discourse but like it's just a bit of a tougher hang and it's just yes. harder to watch some of this stuff right um and i think fatal attraction is a little bit more a little more popcorny and uh for this particular genre that's kind of what i not to be a fucking Puritan, because neither of these are very Puritanical at all, but I, I settle for that a little bit more, and I prefer kind of what Fatal Attraction is offering. So it, it literally is just a personal preference thing. I, I came out of it knowing that I liked Fatal Attraction more, so I was like, I have to give it, I got to give it the edge here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, G- great call there. We're going to get into that a little bit more with Legacy, but Fatal Attraction, I think you could, well, we can get into it, but you could like, let's let's know, get into it. We'll go into Legacy Suggest right it to somebody, yeah. Yeah, let's we'll go to Legacy right now because we're tied to 81 points. Yes. Right. Wow. So this is the determining factor. We need to come together to determine out of 10 points how much do these movies deserve. So make the case, Evan. Um. So let let me tie. This is where we can really break it down. I think for Basic Instinct, uh, especially um, because there's a few things working against it. So we we already brought up the Sharon Stone, you know, interrogation scene. That I mean. That scene is so famous. It's kind of wild. I, I feel like I heard about this scene um, long, long before I'd ever even seen this movie. Um, and she, you know, said she didn't consent to it being shot that way and, and used in the movie. Um, it, w- one thing though, Sharon Stone also hasn't like disavowed this movie. She hasn't told people to you know, to disavow themselves. She still. I, I actually went on her Instagram the other day. One of her last, most recent posts was about like the anniversary for Basic Instinct. So she definitely still, you know. Um, uh, I think recognizes what an amazing performance that she had in, in what really was, you know, uh, an incredibly entertaining movie. Yeah. Um, 
we should probably also mention like there is an actual basically unaddressed sexual assault scene in mm-hmm. Basic Instinct that goes yeah. beyond almost anything that you see in these types of movies as when as far as like um just the lack of recognition that that it even happened i guess uh, by the movie and the characters is just very very strange um and really is kind of like bothersome I, I agree with you chip like when i'm watching that movie that specific scene comes and it means basically nothing and you're just like what the fuck like this is really just yeah, white wrong I need to be in here yeah um but anyways setting those aside i mean basic instinct also gave us one of the most iconic you know female performances of a generation both of these movies kind of did uh for for um side-by-side generations so i think it's hard to discount from that from sharon stone i'd probably like i'd probably say at least eight yeah they also i mean they also set women in literature back <laughs> generations of the, yeah to, to land a date you know women women who write books is just a red flag you know yeah can't, can't be trusted any woman with intelligence can't be trusted according to the 80s and 90s hollywood Yep. We need to understand. Um, you what do you guys think for Basic Instinct? Yeah, I, I was basic, proposing eight. I think eight for Basic Instinct is is very fair. I think that's mm-hmm. probably right, which would la- land it at 89 points, which feels right to me. A solid B+. Plus. Yeah. I mean, it's I, so it's just so known. It's just so recognized. Yeah. And, and I think it is a little bit more parodied. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I mean, I, I don't necessarily love parody all the time, but if we're just talking about legacy and recognition, parody means you're known, right? If you're yeah. parodied, then, and if you're, or if you're ripped off, uh, then you're accomplished and you're in the culture. You're in the zeitgeist. So, yeah. Eight seems right. Any higher seems a little bit tough, and any lower seems incorrect. So, yeah. Imagine if this movie came out with memes. Like, yeah. every oh. line in that movie is a meme. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole, like, do you have Coke? Coke goes great with Jack Daniels. I have Pepsi in the fridge. Like, that stuff could be just a gif on Twitter, like, tomorrow. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, I feel like, too, like, the fact that, like, the subject matter has almost come full circle. Like, come full circle. Like, just, like, the, I feel like, you know, in the in the early two, or mid-2000s, like, Coke fell out of fashion. You know, it, but it's back in a big way. You know, I feel like people can relate to those types of things you're right about the memeing capability of this movie now so where do we land fatal attraction at well that's the question i think you have to take into account the oscar noms mm-hmm. the money the money the fact that it maybe came first i'm good with a nine for it mm. i just feel like even just saying those words like just what a great title yeah. Fatal Attraction. It tells you what it is. I yeah. love a movie that tells you what it is from the very beginning. How else could this end, right? You knew, you know how it's going to end, and yet you're hooked the entire time. Uh, I mean, that's that's not legacy talk. That's just movie talk, right? Guys, but, I, I mean, I have a as confession. far does Basic Instinct exist without Fatal Attraction? Mm. That's a great question. I have a confession to make, and I don't know if this has any bearing on the on the Fatal Attraction um, score. But uh, this this past week, I watched Basic Instinct, and then I watched Dangerous Liaisons because mm. I thought that's what we were 
we were doing. I thought it was basically <laughs> Dangerous Liaisons until I went back and listened to the pod and then had to watch That's Fatal so funny. Yesterday. So is that a mark on Fatal Attraction that I didn't even realize that's what we were doing? By the way, Dangerous Liaisons, 10 out of 10 recommend. Just it's good. Really good. Yeah. Completely not in the same genre. Yeah. Uh, but so you were really, you were you were running the Glenn Close double feature is what you were doing. Yes, I, I think or, that's no you you, you no, just was, had the Glenn Close in your mind. I, I Glenn Close swapped for whatever reason. Um, but I don't know if that should have any bearing on on the legacy pick, you know. But I, legacy is tough for these. I mean, it's almost like we should do tens because th- these movies are legitimately. Uh, and you guys are gonna laugh when I say this. Legitimately, it's they're up there with like the matrix and mm-hmm. you know terminator for if you mention this movie to anyone um you know basically 40 or above they saw this movie yeah. it doesn't matter how conservative they are you know socially conservative they are it doesn't matter you know how religious they are it doesn't matter everyone has seen this movie and beyond that everyone has like participated in the conversations around these movies it feels like so it's almost hard to like say they're almost both not like a 10 you know like even movies, you know, they've just inspired so much, and it seems like are so at the forefront. I Michael think, Douglas just such a force, and like yes, I don't, yes. I, I think we these movies. Here's the deal. I think I, I'm not comfortable giving them tens, but I think one of them's an eight, one of them's a nine, and it's just going to be down to us for which one we want to come out victorious. So uh, I'll put so, my fucking cards on the table. Like I like Basic Instinct better. Like I would love it for it to win. So but. why let's so a chip you sort of got into it, but I think in order because I, I I came into this thinking I was going to propose eight for both of these in in legacy. Um, I mean the only way we do that is if we end, leave with a tie, and I just oof. I, we we can't leave with another tie. We've done it I, what twice? It's happened so, one, twice is too many. Once is too many. If you yeah, once me. is too many. I, you know, I am willing to, I'm willing to side with Chip and go nine on Fatal Attraction because, I, and I want to prep, I like Basic Instinct more as in what would I toss on if I had my choice? Which one do I think is the better movie though? I think Fatal Attraction is actually the better movie because it's yeah. so, so tight all the way around. Um, it's, it's so, there's just no fat on it. And Basic Instinct has, has a ton of fat. And some of that fat is, is stuff that I really love. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I love seeing, you know, um uh gus and and um uh what's his name in the uh, fucking diner nick gus and nick in the diner just screaming it's Um, hilarious like i love that stuff don't get me wrong but like that that could have not been in the movie and it would have been fine um so uh, i'm willing to go for fatal attraction because i do think it overall it might have been made a little bit better i'm i am fine begrudgingly i'm fine with that because i even I think I said this earlier, even though Fatal Attraction might be a better movie. I like Basic Instinct more. I think I feel the exact same way that you do, Evan. Um, which means we're going to give ba- we're going to give Fatal Attraction a nine, which means that final score is going to be ninety to eighty nine. That's fun. I like that. This was yeah. one of the probably the closest, uh, if not the closest, verses we've ever done. We really had to break it down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I the other bit- closest one was Alien and the Thing. Yeah, did I not? Was I not on that? I feel like I had. No, you were on that one. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. Which one did I miss? I missed a versus because of. Uh, you missed uh, Dad, Heat uh... versus Casino, wasn't it? Oh fuck. Ooh yeah. Talk about Sharon Stone. Have to Stone. do that one again. 
Yeah, what, what an original stuff. podcast idea to do heat again on a podcast. That's something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something only us have ever thought of. Um, heat part, duh. Um, yeah, fuck. I mean, this feels right. 90 points for Fatal Attraction, 89 for Basic Instinct. Uh, I think sits right. Uh, man, what two really good movies. Evan, I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. Absolutely, because this is not these. Are, this is not a genre I would have revisited. These are not two movies I would have. I probably would have revisited anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast, and without you tossing that out there, absolutely. Spoiler, spoiler: We literally were just like in the middle of the podcast, and be like, next yeah. week, and then we paused, and we're like, what the fuck are we doing next week? Yeah. And sometimes we have four weeks in advance planned, and sometimes we come up with it on the spot. And yep. this was an immediate yes as soon yeah. as I said that. Hundred yeah. percent. And I should mention, too, I'm going to throw up this week on the website. I'm going to put a category for erotic thrillers on a, on a recommendations page just to get some other out there. To, Big to website, guys. Come on. Big okay. website, guys. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Um, as we discovered today, Fatal Attraction is clearly the better movie, according to Flick and Screaming, which is the <laughs> only rating that matters. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Flick and Scream, on Instagram at Flicking and Screaming. Go to our website, flickingandscreaming.com. Uh, we're going to be firing up the blog here soon. I know we've said that for a couple weeks in a row, but we're going to be firing up the blog. I'm definitely going to hit a blog post while I am traveling in a couple weeks. Um, you know, while my boys are taking over the pod for a week, definitely going to hit a blog post. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun over there. So if you haven't already checked out the website, please do. Uh, a lot of hard work and care went into that, uh, and we're really excited uh, that it's a new medium for us. Uh, next week... We're going to be discussing the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's right. It's Dominic season, uh, and I'm I'm juiced. I'm juiced. Talk about shots. God, ready, absolutely. Ready, I'm ready to bathe in the shots. Deacon season. Yeah, Deacon season. It, Big Raj. It, it's always Deacon season. It's always Deacon season. Yeah, if we're being honest. Any final, any parting thoughts, um, you know, on, on I, these uh, erotic thrillers? Does does the fade to black does the fade to black fake out play in basic? I should have asked this earlier, but this is my last thing that's on my mind. Is does the fade to black fake out work? Because I don't know if it does. At the very end. Yeah, I almost just feel like it should have just panned down instead of the the fake out. I I, I love it. I love it. I, I kind of love song. everything that happens in that. Like that's that's sort of what I mean. it's so melodramatic. It's out of control. They they're making out. It fades to yeah. black, then it fades back up, pans yeah. down. You see the ice pick. Should yeah. it have just panned down? That's my question. Uh, I, no, I think it all it all. I agree with Evan. I think it all works in conjunction with how over the top the movie is. I love right. this movie. Ends up being so mean to Michael Douglas. It's amazing. Like <laughs> that is so mean to even let us think for a split second that that maybe he's gonna survive, even if he is a piece of shit. And then it's like, nope, he's gonna get curb stomped. I love it. Oh, all right. For Flicking and Screwing, I'm Jed Sprague. Evan Vigundis, JT Chipman. Have a good one, everybody. See, See you, guys. And now, the starting lineup for your... Gangsters, what's up, guys? I will slacker. MV. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. God bless the internet. <laughs> <laughs>